Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I hope you enjoy today's fresh episode out of Acts 8, Stoned and Scattered. Take a listen. We really need to get prepared for the days in which we're living. Love you all. Hey, everybody. So glad for a fresh episode today, as I am still here in Iowa. And uh, so I've been meditating this morning on Acts 8. So slowly but surely, uh, as a part of my real-time engagement with the Father, I've been slowly reading through the book of Acts, and today just happens to be Acts 8. So this episode, entitled Stoned and Scattered, is my way of drawing our attention to how did these people live this way, right? What was going on in these magnificent brethren of ours in generations past, that we read about in the scripture. Of course, I'm going to submit to you that the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus had been poured into them. The love of God had been poured into them that matured the very life they received when they were born again and had believed upon Jesus. And, you know, in Acts 7 is where we see that Stephen has shared the word, and he spoke quite a bit (laughs) uh, with very visceral reactions and responses that he got from those he was speaking to in Acts 7. And so it opens in Acts 8, saying, Saul persecutes the believers. It says, now Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in his execution. Wow. Wow. This is what good flesh will do. Good flesh cannot stand it when life actually shows up. The good of man sees absolutely no need or value is placed upon the very life of Christ. What it is that God is after. The good of man says, hey, we got this. We have our own way. We're working our religion Okay, and I don't care if that's Islamic, if that is Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, whatever. Wherever man gets in charge, you understand, it turns into something about man, from man, for man. And God is basically a sidebar conversation. Because that's not me being against certain denominations. What I'm trying to show is that surely... We can get beyond those uh, categories, those identifiers, and that we can get into the condition of man that is absolute. We're all born in this condition. And when we get done with our evil, we become enamored with our good. And so remember Saul Right, Because when he becomes Paul and he writes the book of Philippians, you can see at Philippians 3, 4 through 6, he describes what he's trusting in in this moment right here. He says, when I was in the flesh, uh, nobody could brag on their flesh as much as me. And he was completely eaten up with his own goodness. 
that he'd come from good parents. They were of the right blood. He was in the right race. He was in the right tribe. He was in the right group of the Pharisees. His performance was blameless. And he lists within his flesh amongst all that very, very fantastic pedigree. He says, and as a persecutor in the church, like there was nobody better than me. Uh, yes, and here we have it right here <laughs> in Acts 8.1. Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in his execution. That's what good flesh does, is it decides that certain people just need to be extinguished. Certain people just need to be put down. And it says from that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began. And all the believers scattered into the countryside of Judea and among the Samaritans, except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem. So this is where you're seeing why I've titled this fresh episode, Stoned and Scattered. When Stephen is stoned, it's true, great persecution began to spread and the believers scattered. But I want you to watch why they scattered and what they did when they were scattering. But listen now to this a little bit more. Let me see if I can make a few points here that I want to draw to your attention. Remember, September, we were in real-time engagement, ringing the bell, right? We're in real-time engagement with the Father. He's getting us ready for things to come. And that's not over, my friends. Okay? That's not over. And I'm still walking through, right, much preparation for new days that are coming, new doors that are opening. There is an accelerated expansion that's coming to my real in um, my real-time engagement with the Father. And I bet it's happening for you, too on the levels in your life and and the circumstances of your life if you're staying with him because we're not playing i did a live the other day at my free facebook group the producer's way called don't play when it's time to prepare i've just shared with you in the last uh, four episodes of the last four episodes of uh, the podcast I shared with you the uh, Encore episodes uh, titled Pressure That Prepares. So you can see that I'm, I'm staying with what it is that God is actually doing. I'm not just jumping around from topic to topic. It took me quite a while to, to realize, what am I going to share today? You know, and I just feel that I need to be sharing that which, you know, I am thinking of and what's being stirred and and kneaded in like dough like when you're making bread dough and you got a knead with your fingers into that dough again and again and again this is what's happening in Christ being formed in us we've got to be those that are really thinking about what God's preparing us for and I know these are specifics about my assignment that's coming up I'm not looking for you know, uh, a tiptoe through the tulips looking through rose-colored glasses. I'm like, God, what are you actually preparing me for? And you know that I've recently shared with you that he told me prime conditions are over. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm discovering 
as I stay with him and as I go, putting one foot in front of the other. There are people being pressed in unbelievable ways right now, today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're, you know, laying on the beach. Maybe you're just loving your pumpkin lattes and your pumpkin spice. And you're just so in the sensory moments, you know. Okay, right. Okay, enjoy that. Right, but I'm telling you, we're being pressed and prepared. Hmm? And the aspects that we read of the stoning and the scattering, my friends, I believe they are timely. It goes on to say in verse 2 there in Acts 8, God-fearing men gave Stephen a proper burial and mourned greatly over his death. It it said right before that, you know, the believers scattered, the apostles remained, and then there were God-fearing men who gave Stephen a burial and mourned greatly over his death. Do you see that everybody's not moving as a herd, doing exactly the same thing? They are all on specific assignment. There are those who are mourning that were assigned. Take care of Stephen's body. Tend to him in his death. Mourn over him. And there are those that are probably mourning as they're scattering. There are those who are mourning as they're remaining. So we've got to see the many layers and textures of when you move with him. We're not all moving in a herd mentality. We're very specifically in the midst of stonings and scatterings. We're all learning to be in our specific assignments, the specific things of the day. I am thankful for those who mourned over Stephen and gave him a proper burial. And I'm just as grateful for those who scattered and did what they did. And I'm just as grateful for the for the apostles who remained behind, everybody following their instructions, if you will, the leadings of Holy Spirit. Because it is one kingdom, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There is a way to function. There are protocols to follow. There are conversations to be had. There are actions to be taken in the midst of stonings and scatterings. It goes on to say in verse 3 now, then Saul, remember now this is who will eventually become Paul, says then Saul mercilessly persecuted the church of God, going from house to house into the homes of of believers to arrest both men and women and drag them off to prison. You know, I just want to interject here. Um, Sometimes we we think, oh, Paul, you know, so awesome, you know. Oh, he could be in prison or he could be in the palace, you know. I'm just going to tell you that uh, a part of the reason that Paul lived the way he did was he knew that he had previously been responsible for dragging people off into prison. And he knew that the suffering that he was enduring was not punishment to him, but he had been sent right back into the opposition forces. And he wasn't confused about what those things are about and what those things do. My friends, the very things you've been delivered from, you best get ready, because it might be that you are headed straight back in And the very thing that used to operate through you is going to operate against you. So you won't be some poor little victim preaching the gospel who just can't understand why I am a faithful servant of God and God would allow these things to come to me in the course of your assignment. 
I'm not saying everything that comes is God-ordained, though it might be God-allowed. It's not God-ordained. My friends, you were once in enemy territory, were you not? I certainly was. In my goodness was when I was the most in enemy territory. Puffed up, proud, full of selfish ambition in the ministry. I'm not confused by the religious spirits that uh, come against. I'm not deterred by them. I am not discouraged by them. I recognize them. I'm like, oh, hey, (laughs) hey, I recognize you. Mm -hmm. I understand how you operate. You once operated that way through me, right? So I don't think I'm suffering, although I'm so faithful. Oh, no, 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 no. I was the faithless one. It's the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit who were the faithful ones. And so now it's my privilege to be faithful to them as we go together Mm -hmm. right back into enemy territory. So I'm also, you know, advancing because many times, you know, if you're going to advance the kingdom into people's hearts, you got to run the religion out. You got to run these other things out because the kingdom of God is coming into their hearts. So sometimes it would do us good to remember one of the reasons I'm submitting to you that Uh, Paul was not sitting around getting bitter with God because he ended up in prison is because uh, he knew what it was when he was Saul to be dragging people off to prison. He knew what it was to be stoned because he had stood and been an accomplice to the stoning. He had allowed them to put their coats at his feet and he held them so they could get a better throw in with the stones towards Stephen. Paul knew when he was Saul He knew what it was like to be on the other side. Therefore, he knew Christ and him crucified, and he knew he wasn't being punished for his sin. Oh, no, uh -uh, don't, don't believe that religious junk. He knew that every sin of his had been completely paid for by the precious, poured out blood of Jesus, the bludgeoned body of Jesus. He knew it personally from Jesus because Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, right? We don't want to romanticize these things. He knew what he had been delivered from and who he had been delivered to. And he understood because it says in the book of Acts further on, it says where God himself said these words, I will make it clear to him what he will suffer and be afflicted with for my name's sake tell you, my friends, you stay in real-time engagement with the Father, He's going to make it real clear to you what's coming. And He's going to get you ready. He's going to give you the option. Are you staying or going? Hmm? Shrinking or scattering? Listen to me. Now, this word scattered, you're going to see, this is not negative scattering, my friends. This is not fearful, you know, um, deconstructing. Okay, that's not what it is. It's not, oh my goodness, uh, if I get too serious about Jesus, the devil's going to come after me. My friends, you thinking like that, the devil's got you. Hmm? Listen, the reason that later on Paul is not confused is because he knew from deep personal experience. He knew what was, he knew what was, coming. He knew what he was being sent into. He understood the game. He understood. 
So it goes now into Acts 8, verse 4. It says, although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. Wow. Stoned and scattered. Somebody's assignment included being stoned. Somebody's assignment include, included uh, being alive but scattered. So as best we can see here, that though they were grieved, though they mourned, there were those that stayed behind to take care of that. That was their assignment. There were those that still went forward. Sometimes if we're not careful, we think everybody needs to stop everything and everybody has to mourn. Hmm? And stay. No, my friends, some people mourn and scatter. Some people remain, and they're not the ones tending to the death and the arrangements. They are moving on in their assignment, as the apostles did. My friends, I'm telling you, this is some serious structure to the early church in days of persecution. Hmm? Sometimes we act like all they're doing is just having a bunch of Holy Ghost meetings. No, the Holy Spirit had empowered them uh, to such a degree... Mm. to such a degree that they were still on assignment in real-time engagement with the Godhead. Mm. Because of the preaching that they did, because of the living that they did. Mm. And I guarantee you that when Stephen was being stoned and Stephen... (laughs) cries out unto Jesus. It says he saw Jesus standing up. In heaven, he saw him. Now, I'm going to submit to you that I believe that Jesus stood up because he saw his own life and his own words being lived out in the earth in his church. What a novel idea. What a novel idea. There's such a oneness, my friends, that you cannot fathom it if you're not in it. Because it just all seems that's weird, that's wild, that's radical, that's just too extreme. Well, not to those who are actually in it. Those who are actually in it, my friends, this is uh, our way of life. And I'm encouraging as many as I can to get in it. So they were scattered by persecution, yet they continued to preach, listen carefully, the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. It was still wonderful. He was still magnificent. They were not confused because of the persecution. They were not confused because of the stoning. They were not confused. They understood the assignment. They understood what it was about because they knew him. It says, Philip traveled to a Samaritan city and preached to them the wonderful news of the anointed one. You mean the wonderful news that caused people to want to stone Stephen? Yes. The stoning did not change their view of the news. They scattered and continued to release the power of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Philip traveled to a Samaritan city and preached to them the wonderful news of the Anointed One. The crowds were eager to receive Philip's message and were persuaded by the many miracles and wonders he performed. Many demon-possessed people were set free and delivered as evil spirits came out of them with loud screams and shrieks, and many who were lame and paralyzed were also healed. This resulted in an uncontainable joy filling the city. Oh my, there's quite a bit there. My friends, you don't get this by seven steps to a better life. You don't get this because you study hard or by gifting. This comes by a deep personal oneness and intimacy with the Godhead that only they can produce within you. But you do get to choose it in the midst of stonings and scatterings. Are you getting ready for what lies ahead? I'm not saying you're going to be stoned. I'm not saying exactly what's going to But I'm telling you this, that if you want to follow the pattern of the early church, then let's do it. But we are the now church. We are the church in this generation. And I pray that no matter what, we will continue to release the word and the news of the anointed one. We will continue to speak of him. And no matter what we are living through, it is still the wonderful news. And we are not pretending. We are not publicly continuing to preach our messages while we are in inner turmoil of confusions of how could you let this happen to me? You're oh great, wonderful, faithful servant. No, 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 no. Come on now. Do we understand the assignment? Do we understand what we're about? Do we understand what we're in? That we're being sent out on assignment by the Father. I'm not driven by the need of the people. Though it is great, I assure you. Though it is intense. Only as I am with Him would I ever be willing to endure stonings and scatterings, preachings, any of that. It is for their sake. For their sake. The same one who persecuted the church. What did he say in Philippians 3, 7 through 10? He said, I'm counting everything a loss that was once a gain to me that went out and got me what I wanted. I count it all a loss for the priceless, magnificent privilege of knowing him. Becoming more progressively and intimately acquainted with the wonders of his person. My friends, this is what he's deepening us in. I pray you'll read the word. That you will let Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. Drink very deep of Holy Spirit, my friends. And everything he brings to you. That you may be very sober and alert. Maturing. For this is what they have always wanted maturing sons like Jesus. This is our hour of history. Hmm? This is our generation. So let's get on with it. I pray this encourages you today. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com 
or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.